0: Welcome to season five of the podcast of the Evan Mystic. In this season, we're exploring relational spirituality, which is rooted in immediate engagement with God. It is a relational mystical spirituality, encouraging people to enter deeply into living and loving in relation to their own self, others, the cosmos, and God. In seeking to establish a relational spirituality on the foundation of our value for intimacy with God, we're teasing out the difference between our relationship with to the practice of the faith, and to the pursuit of relationship with God. In this episode, we recognize that the values, priorities, and practices about doing church paradigm makes worship and the message central with the latter the primary event. This is, so, this is so for those who lead churches and the congregation, for those who attend. Yet there's the possibility of a constellational paradigm where intimacy with God stands as primary and indispensable. We'd love you to support the work of the urban mystic by liking this episode subscribing to this podcast and posting a comment these really help out the algorithms i don't charge for any of the work i do and am entirely reliant on the generous support of our listeners and benefactors if you'd like to contribute in this way please follow the paypal link in the show notes you can also contact us via the form on the website if you'd like to get to know our values vision mission and story hey
1: everyone Welcome back. It's uh, great to have you with us again for another episode of Urban Mystic podcast. Tim and I have had some really interesting conversation. I think, as we've just been kind of prepping for this episode, we've been talking a little bit about our uh, respective Sunday mornings where we each went to go and visit a church. Um, And we've got different reasons for doing that and sort of different reasons around what we're looking for and what we got out of it and whatever. But there's there's a lot of similarities there, I think. And a lot of it is just confirmation, still the sense of uh, oh, just kind of the institution of the church and some of the hit and miss and some of the things that we've talked about quite a bit over the seasons here. What church says that it will do and doesn't do, what it hopes that it might do but doesn't come close to. And that just seems to... just pile on more and more confirmation for us and there, there are a number of emotions I think for each of us around that there's some real sadness I think there's um I don't know perhaps it's some relief I don't know for me around like it kind of just is what it is and and I kind of have come to just expect that I guess from from a church gathering and it's not just the Sunday morning church it's all of the kind of supporting stuff and atmosphere and, and sort of employed people often and this is an easy space to wade in and take some pot shots at. And we've been talking around ministry time last time, and we're going to sort of aim towards that again this time. But I thought in the general trajectory where we've talked about kind of renewal that comes into a church system and disrupts things, and then there's very much a focus or or there is a renewed focus or there is a a new, it's never been before, focus on kind of a, a real active understanding God is here and present and doing things, and that there's great opportunity there for then gatherings of people, sometimes called the church, to take on a new way of being, but that it often seems to collapse back into just being church, doing church, and and often I think in our experiences is quite common. The opposite is it's very rare to find something that sticks with that trajectory of renewal coming in and, and things um, people being perhaps more open, the church behaving differently. But the key thing is this: kind of God is here. God is behaving differently, and that when that stops, the church goes back to being the church. And so, we were thinking about kind of in which direction do we go to look at ministry time, and and the question just struck me: is what does it then look like if we talk relational spirituality? What does that look like from a group context? Because in a way, relational spirituality is quite easy. It's easier to look at if it's just one person sitting at home alone. And I have a sense that a lot of people who leave church head in that direction, perhaps because that's just easier to get your head around. I I can kind of go with, well, it's just me and God, and I've just got to pursue something like that. But what I often miss is the social element of that, and that I just, I cannot see life being made up of just, what are we now, almost 8 billion people, right? (laughs) 8 billion groups of just one-on-one, just God and the other person, because we're highly social beings. And so we're constantly grouping ourselves together in formations and clusters and family units and larger groupings and whatever. And Relational spirituality that ticks the boxes for one-on-one, God-to-me connection, must also surely tick the boxes around human-to-human and God-to-humans, plural, people's sort of interacting, getting together. So there's there's that there. Um, and so what on earth does that look like? Like what could that look like? We've got a good sense of of where we see it not working, where it's said to be working and it clearly isn't, when there are the stories that people and groups of people tell themselves about themselves. If you believe it, it's that this is working. But in our experience, it just isn't. It isn't what it says it is. And that's a little bit vague, but I'm intentionally trying to stay away from getting back into the, this is what it isn't and this is how it's falling short. So that we can move in this question of, what would a relational spirituality look like? And that's where we've been looking at ministry time. What might that look like from a group setting? And I think there are a few levels that we can explore. There's this kind of one-on-one, that's me and another human being connecting, but an idea that there's a relational spirituality that we have to just talk mathematically, there's three persons, me, the other person, and God as person. And what would that might that look like? And then you go a little bit, Bigger than that, there's groups, intentional groups who meet together for, you know, a certain reason, perhaps for a certain time, over a certain timeline, or meet indefinitely. But again, there's this idea of if God really is a person that shows up or doesn't show up, what does that look like in a group of five or 10 or 12 or whatever it might be, taking that into account, that it's not just human beings that gather in a very much a flat human-to-human interaction relationship, but there is both the there is both the horizontal and the vertical. And then the larger group, which is for me like the real question, what does that look like? And I think that's partly why you know this we talk about ministry time, because I think we're trying to understand and just break apart into its component pieces and, and try and get a better sense of what that is. Because the church has always called that ministry time as if, Oh, well, you know, if you just, if you say you do this thing called ministry time, then it means there's a large group of people in their meeting with God. And I just don't think that one and one doesn't make two often, not maybe sometimes, perhaps sometimes accidentally, but not from a, we're doing this intentionally and it's always working out to be that. And so you know, Tim, I think you have a lot more experience than I do in a larger corporate setting where there is more of an attention towards people meeting with God. And that's why that question just fascinated me to just kick it back to you and that we can just talk through what the hell does that look like? How, how would you look at that? How would you go about hosting a space like that because i I think there's potentially some of that but i also want to use the language in a way with older language but like stewarding because you know places like that have to be nourished and they have to be they have to there has to be some intention around what's happening there it it doesn't just happen haphazardly necessarily but i also want to stay away from hosting and stewarding because it sounds so institutionally language of You know, there's a few people in charge, and that's not what I want to look at. I feel, what is it where there's a group of people who are gathering for a similar reason, who all sort of hold their own locus of control internally, their own agency around what's happening, and part of that is the high value for we meet together and we meet together with God, and perhaps that means there are individual moments of me and God in amongst the corporate us and god but how does that actually if we had to script it which is perhaps the wrong way to phrase it
0: what would it look like order of service really i mean i i think think, you're right
1: i'm asking about liturgy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah basically sorry sorry, sorry to interrupt you there but i I feel like you're jumping you're jumping around the the same thing there of basically saying you know, there's when when people gather to do church, they do certain activities and they do them together and often in a particular order. And so, what does this then look like? I feel like in in, in answering this and in grappling with this, that we we possibly need to to take a step back. And I I want to acknowledge that we've got this mystagogic culture that basically is makes faith central and God is this mystery. Who's who's known? But how do we primarily know about God? How do we primarily know God's will? How do we primarily know who God is and what God is like? And the answer to that is the Bible as it is presented. And during renewal, that changes, because in this environment where people are making the Bible and meeting about God and teaching central and faith central, there's this experience that God draws near and speaks to you you experience God's attention and God's activity. And then in that environment, people start doing church differently. People arrive at church with the intention of meeting with God and they'll put up with the worship if it's crap and they'll put up with the sermon if it's crap because they want to meet with God. And God kind of goes, yeah, yeah, it's both and it draws near. So that's cool. <laughs> and then people that are doing ministry End up being excited because you've been doing church and then suddenly God's move God's moving, and this is this changes your experience of ministry. You come alive that this is what you're called to, this is what you live for, this is what you want church to be about. Problem is, is that when God stops behaving that way, often we've not addressed the underlying culture of doing church, and we've not and and that experience of renewal doesn't penetrate deeply enough into our paradigms for us to question what it's about and so so after renewal so like what i did uh this this <laughs> this sunday is, is i went to, to 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 a church to 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 test my my assumptions and my conclusions and i come away observing a church like that where i say what is the purpose of doing church what was the purpose of church here? and its worship and teaching and and in that culture, we can go, yeah, God also meets with us too, sometimes, maybe, we can't clearly tell you when and how, because it's in the mysterious innards of the individual and the appreciation of it. But we can't say that God didn't meet you, <laughs> because we're two or three together in, in, in my name. And and in this particular context, it was the culmin, in the culmination of worship, I felt that the language really, really evidenced this in that there's this worship song about how God is this waymaker and God is active and God does this and God does that. And, you know, that's all awesome. But really the crux of the song is uh, we we're not seeing it, uh, but that's okay. Cause God never stops working. We might not be seeing it. We not might not be feeling it. It might not be in front of us, but don't worry. God never stops working. So God's God's doing this anyway. And I feel like for me, that just, that just captures the degree to which, in renewal, God disrupts doing church by becoming present. And then when God withdraws, we go back to doing church, but we don't address the fundamental language and the problem of language and the problem of doing church as in what is the focus of doing church? It is the message. It's not the meeting with God. And so I think I think that's fundamentally what would look different. What would this look like in practice differently? the focus and the reason why we meet will shift from worship and the message and the message being primary, it will shift to a culture of waiting on God to meet with God. And that would be primary. And one would make time and space for that rather than ministry time, because it shifts to then the language of, okay, well, we finished the sermon. Uh, By the way, anyone need prayer? Anyone need ministry? Cool. Come up for that. But that's that's an optional extra, and so this church that I went to yesterday, that was the case. You know, I I felt back in the early two thousands that that's the direction uh, we would go in, and and that's where vineyard churches would land. And I feel as, like that's that's where we have landed, and we haven't sufficiently delved into. Our underlying paradigms and the reason why we meet. So, so it still exists there in paper and in the values, and it exists whenever people try to reboot ministry time and they try to reseed it. Um, but I feel, I feel like that by doing that, God, God shows up and it demonstrates that you know this stuff is a reality and it could be normalized, but it never quite get gets normalized. And and I think that's where I feel like we've actually got to dive into where does this go wrong? And then how do we how do we go about doing it in, in a different way?
1: Well, I, I just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the paradigm that you're talking through, which is very much sort of Protestant, at least at heritage, right? And I think, so I went to a church that is pre-Protestant, I think, please. Oh my word. Church historians are going to phone up in arms if I've got this wrong, but I don't think I've got it wrong. So I went to a traditional church in which it's slightly less clear, uh, less clear than the Protestants, I think, because in a Protestant church like that, at least the formal, sort of you know last 30, 50 years at least, it's very clear. You have music and you have preaching. And those are your two kind of <laughs> clear spaces in which, like, there's the meet with God stuff. Um, whereas in the traditional church, you have a, a, a slightly more expansive liturgy and you have these sections of areas presented um all the way through from kind of the opening which is sort of the Gloria and the, the praise section through confession and there are all these different sacraments which is the language of the traditional church and so you move there is the preaching the sacrament of the word there is prayer time in this liturgy and there is the eucharist the remembrance of you know the last supper of jesus and his disciples and and all of those are put forward as the vehicles through which you experience God through these different sacraments. And I'm very aware that, in the same way, yet different because the approach is different, uh, it's it's the same thing. That is my opportunity to meet with God. is in the, uh, for example, if I go forward for the Eucharist, the Communion, it is in the reliving of the story it is in the taking of the bread and wine etc which can all be very moving and can all be very transformative in a a way but that's that's more where we would talk transformative spirituality and i come away asking okay yeah where was god in all of that and in a way god is kind of there through the things of god but you know there's a distinction and then the last element, which I found really interesting, was it was a quite a vibe for like a people perspective, a little bit of a sort of a, I don't want to call it vibey church because that sounds a bit like, you know, it was a club church with lights and coffee machines. And it was definitely not that kind of a church. It was a very old, tired church. But there was some, just some good people there. And there was a real buzz afterwards. And there were people just meeting with people. And I think that's the other thing. You get this kind of like... um, uh. No, I'm not going to borrow Mother Teresa. That's unfair to drag her into this without asking her permission. But the sense of like, you know, you see God in every person. So that's also a way to meet God. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, when I see my brother and sister, they remind me of my father. But it's not the same as talking to my father. So I've got a sense of like a connection with my dad through talking with my brother and sister. But it's really not the same and so I was very aware there was a lot of human to human action interaction afterwards but it's also it's still not the same and so it leaves me wondering then what is you know and so how, how do we then how do we then do that what does that look like uh, so do you, would you suggest let me put it this way <clears throat> No music, no sermon, people come to a building together that can still be, I don't want to call it church because I feel that confuses what we're saying, but you know what I mean? Like that would be just as valuable, whereas institution would go like,
0: what? No preaching and music, what the hell? You know, on one hand, it would be good to start a secular church. <laughs> A church that takes everything from God out of everything. And all you do is you have inspiring music for people to sing and dance to, an inspiring message and opportunity for self-reflection on behavior, experience and personal growth from that. And I think you could accomplish something similar as doing church. I, I, I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, some plain market research would really be good. If you, if you want to do, if you're running a pizza joint and you want to evaluate, you know, like what's going on, you're going to ask questions about the pizza that's being delivered and how satisfied people are with that, right? (laughs) If you, if you do the same thing with church, hmm, how are we going to ask and answer the God thing? Hmm. Is it in the worship that we're looking for the answer? Is it in the message that we're looking for the answer? Is it in the quality of community that we're looking for the answer? And I think that just highlights the problem is is as churches, we don't have a clear idea of what the presence of God is. And we're not clear that that is what we do on a Sunday. That is, what, that is what doing church is about. And, and I'd, I'd actually just say by the opposite, that because we're not clear about that, we're not clear on what we're delivering.
1: So then it's possible, let's say, if we look at all the elements that we put on the table, to eliminate every single one of those, and by eliminating them, you do not eliminate the option of a relational spirituality and meeting with God. So you could take away preaching, teaching, you could take away music, you could take away the Eucharist, you could take away confession, you could take away yeah, prayer time cuts it a little close. We'd have to maybe look at that more carefully. Like you can cut away notices. Absolutely. when auntie's doing her bake sale or whatever you can cut all of that stuff out and where the institution will say well then like what are we doing we're losing it you know you're losing ground here we would say perhaps you're gaining ground because we're clearing the i I think metaphorically like i've heard you say before like move all the chairs out of the way and and wait on god i'm thinking okay well so if we move all these metaphorical chairs. the way all these things of doing church out of the way. We don't lose anything, perhaps we gain something. And that is then the option to focus on waiting on God.
0: I think in many ways the problem is is that ministry time becomes something in the order of service. Worship, the message, yeah, I mean there's announcements and blah blah in between, right? But the the big key building blocks then is, is worship the message and then ministry time. As the maybe is is how it, is how it works out in the long run, and and I think that's that 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 largely the problem with the idea of ministry time is that it's for those that are needy, and needs uh, something fixed. Something is missing. They're desperate for something that they're not getting elsewhere in church. Right. So 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 it becomes in the need box. You are dysfunctional. You are broken. Therefore, you're in need of ministry time, rather than it being normalized as a state of health it's in a state of we're going to address a problem with you and you know if you're in a community for a long period of time you don't want to be seen as that problem person and the person going up in ministry time is like geez you know how many problems do they have right right so I think I think <laughs> how many no, times
1: is Susan going to come forward? <laughs> how many Sundays in a row <laughs> yeah, before she yeah. just like gets over yeah. it and gets fixed?
0: Yeah. Or, or yeah, Dave, geez, feeling, he's wow. confessing. He's confessing every week that it's going to be so and He's yeah, you know like yeah, desperate yeah. for God to fix him. And so we, you know, like whatever, right? So that's that's on one end. I think secondly, the fact that it's often hinged around the language of spiritual gifts makes it a very transactional experience. And, and, and it puts pressures in different ways because, you know, you know, it makes it about the spiritual superpower and, and, you know, there's very few people that grow into ministry, you know, like people experience spiritual gifts, but it's, it's hard to say you've got something consistent, you know, and what you've got then doesn't speak to you, you know, like it puts pressures in a different place. So I think, I think number one, the language of ministry time is dealing with people that are broken and it's about dysfunction is the first problem. The minute you're doing that, you're going to, you're going to undercut something because, at what point do you expect someone to be at health? Is it three months, six months, a year, five years? <laughs> you know, are we just putting punting sp- that as a time to fix people and fix them with their brokenness? You know, like there they there you're you're being counterproductive on a level because you're not saying I have a value for intimacy with God, you say I prioritize fixing people, and that's what we do in this church, maybe sometimes. <laughs> the 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 second Thing really with that is is it takes a heck of a lot of confidence for someone to feel like they want to step forward and out in public behind an open mic environment to share a prophetic word, and you know there's there's people you you know you you, you don't you don't want to do that. Like let's be honest, <laughs> if you've ever facilitated a public gathering, you know there's people that you don't want to take the mic because you 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 know that they. They can't differentiate between their projection and God speaking to them, so there already we've got something that's that's already going to create a bit of attention in the community, and, and so 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 there as well the the it it requires a certain kind of practice, and then there's certain kind of people that are are going to be rah rah yeah. I mean I'm in a gift. That means I've always got to be doing this, and this is my thing, and it's my show. You know, and the minute we're baking about spiritual gifts, we, we've got so many unhealthy Pentecostal and charismatic exper- expressions that are very unhealthy and unhelpful when it comes to that kind of thing, because suddenly it goes into a certain kind of phenomenon box. I feel it would be much better if we started with the foundation and said, what does it look, what does it mean to have, to value intimacy with God? How do we prioritize intimacy with God as an individual? How do we prioritize intimacy with God as a community? When I prioritize intimacy with God, it looks like I do something. I practice this. I put time and energy behind this. So what does it look like when I do this as an individual? What does it look like when we do this as a small group? And what does it look like when we do this as a larger gathering? How do we evaluate that our value for intimacy with God is connected to the practice of the presence of God? You know, And so what does that then look like? If we work from the foundation of values, priorities, and practices, we'd land in a very different place to an order of service or a spiritual gifting and superpower box when it came to these kind of things. Because yes, God is pouring out spiritual gifts, the, the, the charismata are in action, you know, in during renewal. God is pouring out gifts of prophecy and healing and all that kind of thing. That's a different kind of attitude and behavior. Yes, God does change in attitude and behavior because from renewal, honestly, we could look back and say, this divine being masters up energy once a generation. <laughs> for a small geographic area or perhaps a larger region if in a real push, right but can't sustain that for very long and then goes quiet. you know that's that's one thing just by observation as an outsider, stepping back from all the theology and that that I might want to put into it that we put into it, you know and all the history and the backstory that that's that's got to be a conclusion that we've got to come to by the way these things are happening. And if we've got to default to God is always working, oh, look, God is now particularly working in a way that we're excited by, we can get beyond because we can experience it and receive it. And then God stops. And then we back to know God is always working. Don't trust your experience. God is always working. You know, Don't trust that you don't feel God at work. God is always at work. You know, you know suddenly we've undercut everything that we came to value in the renewal. And I feel that that's basically what we do. And it's because we're not we're not looking at that foundation of what are our values, our priorities, and our practices. We're looking at we're looking at is there someone especially gifted? Yeah, is God specifically pushing into this meeting in a particular way that we've got to respect and acknowledge, or is the leader of the church excited about this and do they find a way to push from the message into a ministry time and lead that and sustain that energy wise week after week, month after month, year after year? You know. I, I i don't know if i'm communicating this well i'm basically there's a difference between individuals pushing for charismatic gifts to be in operation and a community sharing a value for intimacy with god and they want to experience intimacy with god in what in in the community in what they're doing that is the reason why they gather rather than the reason why they gather is is for what is it the worship is it the message <laughs> is it the coffee
1: a few things that come to mind, and I think that that's also where I want to try and tease out the the individual versus the 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 small to large group or whatever it is, the corporate gathering. So, when I, I look at the when you, when you talk about the the brokenness, I think, okay, well, I was sitting with a couple today and telling them that uh, often couples that sit with somebody to talk about their relationship are on the back end. <laughs> of uh, the mountain, they've gone up over the top. And now they're freewheeling down the other side, and the brakes aren't working, and they're heading for catastrophe. And that's why they went to go and see someone, you know, there's the we're broken, and we're desperate, and we need something to fix us, as opposed to the upside of the mountain, when I talk to people about therapy is actually it's just a very helpful space. And it doesn't even need to be professional, although that requires a little bit of uh, <laughs> qualifying. But it's, it's a space that you check in in a very real and honest and deep way with people in a nourishing slash maintenance, maintenance sounds a little bit clinical, but kind of fashion that just talks about this is life and, and this is how you do life at a deeper level. And you engage with the things that emerge within you and between you and other people, you know, intentionally and proactively rather than, oh, fuck, everything's falling to pieces. <laughs> Off we go and try and get. Give- it fixed and that's the first picture that comes to mind when i hear you talking about you know ministry time is only for the people who are broken or you know confessing things or whatever is that then the opposite of that must be a value for intimacy which is kind of proactive and is sort of uh, uh, there's some consistency around that but the desire is kind of like you know just date nights If I think, because often I come back to this idea of a significant other sort of um, feeling within the relationship is it's just not every date night needs to look the same. You know, you can have candles and dinner and a movie, and that's like your liturgy. (laughs) Welcome coffee, music, and a sermon. But, But it can be a number of different things, and those are the building blocks of good relationship, having a value for intimacy with the partner. Having a value for good, honest, deep, raw com- communication, sharing special moments, etc.
0: Yeah, practicing deep connection.
1: Yeah, and presence with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I think, okay, cool. So then, yeah, I hear you in terms of then potentially what we posit as the opposite is 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 that. And and I think we've we've talked a bit about those at, at length in other episodes around you know, I uh, like it values, priorities, and practices. I think then, okay, so the gifts then also, it's not just about kind of the what can I get, what can I get, what can I get out of this. And so, what is the opposite that it's not just oriented on what I can get? Is it oriented on what I can give? What can I bring to the relationship? Is it oriented on what can I bring to the group that supports the value of intimacy, perhaps? You know, because I think sometimes there's a patience needed and a generosity around perhaps it's not happening with me right now but my presence and my bearing witness to it is a part of what's happening in a group setting even if it's not god is not necessarily speaking or acting to me or towards me and thinking okay um should we get rid of everything else what does that look like practically when you have 2 to 3 people together or a small group or the large group what do we want to see so I, I also i like how you asked the question of kind of measuring kind of the output in a way which is okay well you know if this is happening then this is happening so then what is it that we could look for what are the hallmarks what are the what are the what are the markers
0: I think in one of the simplest ways is is w- what are people giving time to, and how much time cool. is being time. Given. So yeah. so that's that's a good marker because a because a Sunday morning service is going to take up a certain amount of time, and what people end up considering valuable is what they're going to be spending that time on. So if I if I take a look at a service like yesterday, they spent eight minutes on miscellaneous activities. That's like. Prayer, uh, calling prophetic words, admin, marketing, um, you know, uh, testimony, blah 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 blah. Right. Spent thirty-two minutes on worship, so they gave a lot of time to worship. Um, and in that context, you know, some people were really worshiping, and other people were bored. You know, that's that's the way the usual mixture works. So, so even the people that are bored and not really participating are still going to endure thirty-two minutes of it. So, in that sense, they share a value for worship, even if the way that they express themselves in worship differs or they might be distracted, whatever. Right. In this context, they spent 36 minutes on the message. You know, the person was was individually speaking for 36 minutes, which, which basically in terms of, in terms of priority, uh, um, both in terms of order of service and priority, the, 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 the message was the key thing that was being done. It was the most, preparation by the professional that preached was put into that the the most time in the service was given to that it was given priority of time and place what did ministry time look like it looked like two minutes of of an open mic waiting for prophetic word one person gave up gave a prophetic word they drew it in at the end as well and then it was like oh if anyone you know uh, you know anyone like cool, cool cool you could come up we could pray for you <laughs> before um, we forget yeah, yeah, no, no, no one did. So, so, if I look at that, I just have to objectively say, I'm sorry, the 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 value and the priority was not on the engagement with God; it was on on the worship and enjoyment in worship, and the and actually the message. It and that's 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 clear. Just just by what what the community did, I, I don't want to and fairly knock them because I think what they did was good. You know, the speaking was good. The worship was good. Like the standards were high. It's I'm not commenting on quality. I'm looking at the underlying paradigm. And I'm saying that the paradigm and the value paradigmatically intimacy with God didn't shine through and doesn't shine through in that kind of context, because there isn't, there isn't a shared culture of, yeah, we're all here for this. We're waiting for this. You know, we, we're keen. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it feels like if God was going to give a a, a prophetic word or anything, God would have taken time out with someone in the context of worship. (laughs) And then, and then when worship was done, they could come up and give it quickly, you know, so that it doesn't interrupt too much. You know, we're not going to spend too long waiting. Um, You know, whereas, whereas if the, if the priority was to meet with God, let's spend more time waiting. You know, we've, we've gone worship to, to meet with God Let's let's give time to that waiting on God. Are people tangibly experiencing God? Is there is there reflection? Is there connection? You know, because and, and you see that in the context of of intimacy coaching. Guys, slow down ground with each other. Are you appreciating touch? Are you appreciating the time together? We're not rushing onto something else. We're not just looking to get onto sex or onto pizza, right? Like, like, are you connecting? What's the quality of your connection? Like, what are the barriers? You know. If we've got a value for intimacy with God, I feel like we'll be giving time and we'll be looking at that.
1: Cool. Hang on. just I want to pause you there for a sec because there's two things, and the one you sort of introduced towards the end, which I also think is key. So then just to give that back to you quickly, the first one, which is time, is for argument's sake, in a group meeting like that, so 76 minutes of what you described, potentially half an hour to 45 minutes, let's say, for argument's sake, could be then actual waiting because that would show a time investment in terms of putting the time in, right? Uh, In terms of, and and I hear what you're saying. Um, And and there's a second part to that that I think is distinct that I want to just sort of raise and, and then sort of shell for a second and come to as a third issue. You know, you talk about, well, you know, in a way, and I laugh because I've seen it so many times and, and I think it's really astute and insightful. It's kind of like, well, in the worship, God is just going to take someone. It's, it's like, I just I just picture this like, like painfully shy person walking up to someone and kind of tugging them on the sleeve. Like, I'm terribly sorry to interfere. I really, I really, really am. I'm so 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 sorry. I'm really I'm so sorry. It's completely not my place. But if you don't please just any possibility, I can have two minutes of your time <laughs> to tell you something really important, you know. The building's on fire, whatever. So and 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 so that happens within kind of the music session. And I think that it's it's very much collapsed into that, that idea, but we do spend time waiting on God. We spent 36 minutes or 32 minutes on worship or whatever. And going, it's not just the time, it's how you put in the time, in a way. So you can say, well, we spent 32 minutes waiting on God, we did worship. No, 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 different things. So that's number three that I think we'll, we'll just come to. But you said barriers, and I thought that was also really, really good towards the end. That there are things that we can put in the way of intimacy. and 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 this i'm i'm interested in this specifically because I, I think sometimes we 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 put barriers in the way of intimacy and then we celebrate those barriers as if they are intimacy and so we go well okay so You know, my wife and I have been married for 40 years and every Friday we go out for dinner together. So we've had a date every Friday and that's why we've been married for 40 years. And you go, okay, cool. Well, look, everyone just slow down there for a second because like you've painted a very rosy picture, but I'm very interested in what happens on those dates. Like, do you talk? When you talk, what do you talk about? Where do you go? Do you go to places that are conducive for actual real connection? And do you use those dates as a way of kind of allowing things to roll on, but actually those dates are they are very effective at stopping you from connecting on and speaking about some of the things that stop you from flourishing in a relationship. So if you go to a crowded restaurant and you eat pizza and there are lots of screens around and you both take your phones, it's not a place that you can say things like, hey, I'm really unhappy with our sex life. <laughs> or, wow, you know, the way you speak to me around our kids just, is just very painful for me. Or, sure, you know, you control all the finances and I just feel as though I'm not a part of that part of our marriage. Like those kinds of relationship, whatever, those kinds of conversations cannot show up in a setting where the setting itself almost behaves in such a way to keep them out. But you can present that as, well, you know, every Friday for 40 years we go on a date night. You think, okay, well, just because of the passage of time, I have to agree now that you have achieved something specific. And that's where I think the barriers sometimes masquerade, is the intimacy, but they're not. They're not actually intimacy. So I think that's quite insightful to go. So then what barriers would you say, like, What would you highlight to go, these are things that get in the way of waiting on God intimately?
0: So so I think that when you give time to it, people as a community, because it is people that object on the basis of their experiences and their ideas and their discomforts, It's, it's what's within them. I think that the people are going to provide the material and it's very hard to define what that is from the outside. It's it's very easy to look at a different context. When you say today.
1: material, you mean barriers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so okay. for instance, right. cool. So, so for instance, if we arrived on Sunday and we spent half an hour worshiping, half an hour on the message, and half an hour just waiting, I, I bet you there's going to be a number of things said about that waiting. And those things are going to be what the barriers are. And number one being possibly. What a waste of time! We just spent half an hour waiting. What a waste of time! Oh, okay, so it's, so 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 it's a waste of time to wait on God. Okay, why? Is that because a need is not being met, a, an objective is not being accomplished, or because we don't actually have a deep desire to meet with God? And, and I think that largely our spirituality is, is is in the um in the category of self abnegation, self denial. Fasting, prayer, you know, withdrawing to solitude and silence, you know, those are all withdrawal-based things that are supposed to tame, you know, our desires and school us in a particular way. Where is the eros? Where is the passion? Where is the desire? Okay, so we spent half an hour waiting, and as a community, we've got no desire with God. Holy shit, that's a problem in my box, right? (laughs) Maybe. We need to spend half an hour waiting with the humility before God to say, we have no desire for you as a community, but because we value intimacy with you, we're going to practice this and we want to meet with you. So come meet us here in our lack of desire for you, in our boredom, in our frustration, in our fear of what you might do amongst us, in our Unwillingness to be embarrassed or highlighted, you know, um, and singled out in front of everyone, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or pushed to the front to perform and have to do spiritual gifts. Right? There's a lot of stuff that can come up. The people are the content, and the presence of God is the content in in that environment as well. So, so I think I I think that it starts off by saying, is this important enough for us to give time to it? And the answer cool. is no. <laughs> 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 yeah, I hear you. Because yeah, because because the other thing that happens is 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 people very quickly turn to, but what do you do if God doesn't show up? And I say, you sit there awkwardly.
1: <laughs> and and so yeah, I, I I like that. I think that's really, really helpful. So I I, I mean that when I say that I, I kind of, I accept the vague answer. Because I understand it is necessarily that because, yeah, it's exactly as you say, it's built from the building blocks of the people who are there and what emerges in, then I want to take it a step further and go in, in potentially quite a difficult and uncomfortable space, which is accepting what it is to wait upon God. So there's time to that. But if I have to think in the opposites, I I imagine then that it does require some, quite some humility, quite some patience. I hear you talking about, I'm just talking very generally. So without trying to, I'm not trying to cut the legs off what you're saying. I'm with you. But if I think generally out of the specifics, I think it must require quite a bit of vulnerability, honesty. To, as you say, okay, well, if God doesn't show up, you go, look at me like an idiot standing here (laughs) waiting for you to. In the same way, if I come back to that like data analogy that I think that if you remove the barriers, it can be exceptionally uncomfortable to sit with someone when you can see them physically, but you don't know how or if they're going to show up. I had what turned out to be an incredibly beautiful moment with a couple a short while ago. But the building blocks of it were all like super awkward and I just thought, oh man, I'm going to step out and try something. But I think this is going to fall flat on its face. And I was, I was attempting to convince them to make a bid for connection with each other and they were very disconnected and i thought i'm just going to try something and see what happens with it and the building blocks are basically getting them each to sit in center for a moment and take some deep breaths and then i got them to turn and face each other similar you know to what you're talking about with the industry the grounding sort of stuff to face each other close enough that they could touch if they wanted to didn't have to eye contact etc and i was going to lead them through essentially just taking some of these risks of vulnerability to put out some, this is where I'm at. Um, And the one side was for him to, to, to take the risk of telling her that he'd missed her in a season in their life recently. And for her to take the risk of telling him where he had hurt her in some things and the first thing that happened, and this, and I just thought, oh, this is potentially going to just fall so flat, and really relies on the two of them being willing to go for that. And they turned and they looked at each other, and I said, "You're going to just take some time to look at each other." And she just started laughing, and I thought, "Oh, okay, well, all right, <laughs> there goes that, there goes that idea." But then. But then she kind of, like laughing with a small lowercase L, and then she started laughing with a capital L, and barely laughing. And he started to smile at her, and then I saw tears forming in his eyes, and I thought, oh, shit, this is it, actually. <laughs> and what emerged was she hadn't laughed for more than a year. He had not heard her laugh for more than a year, was what they'd gone through. And somehow in that connection, in that risk, it elicited this just, I get a smile just thinking about this unbelievably joyful response. But I felt so at sea without a boat, I can't even begin to tell you. And that's why I think of the vulnerability. I just thought like we've got to just try something, just get out there. And just like, I wasn't even on a limb. I wasn't on the tree anymore. It just felt so out there. And if it had tanked, I I wouldn't have even been standing there with a mouth full of teeth. I would have just been standing there like an idiot, just going, oh, well, let's regroup and talk about something else. (laughs) And that's the feeling that comes up in me when I hear you describing some of that and thinking there has to be an option to, I don't know, make a bit of an idiot of yourself. Perhaps, but there's there's a lot of things that go into that, you know, that I think that, that, that may or may not be non-negotiables, but I really, th- you know, the humility, the patience, the vulnerability, the honesty. You know, I, th- I think about that a lot when you talk about, well, God shows up or God doesn't show up. How on earth are you going to connect with that without some real, real core honesty around, yeah, you know, this is honestly not happening. Not working rather than faking it
0: D- disappointment frustration yes longing, yes yes anger. all of those need to come up anger yeah. yeah you know if i i've i've been reading and engaging john of the cross quite a bit uh, um, recently and really diving yeah. in and and he speaks of, of of how there's a point where you find god so much in something and then one day you don't <laughs> And for some people, that's a hard close, and they might never find God that in again, God in that again. And and with others, it's God is intermittently absent within it. And he says this is very important because is it the activity that we enjoy, or is it God that we enjoy? There's there's a big difference to drinking coffee on your own and drinking coffee with a significant other and connecting with them. I, I happen to enjoy drinking coffee on my own and with the significant other, right? I happen to just enjoy coffee, but I can separate between my enjoyment of connecting with an intimate other from coffee. I don't need to just do coffee to do it. Coffee isn't, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I don't want and to you
1: can that. also distinguish, right, with sitting with a significant other and they're physically present and the coffee's happening, but the connection is not happening. And that's also key in what I hear you saying, right? if i sketch it like that
0: absolutely and and if i'm sitting with someone and they're on their phone browsing the internet WhatsApping other people and i'm not having a quality connection with them i can't go yeah they're with me and you know they they're connecting silently, and you know we might not be talking, but they but they but they're present here. Even if I don't feel it, even if I don't feel it, they're still here. They're still here with me. Bullshit. That is not quality connection. But god will be silenced and absent in church and we'll go oh my goodness oh you king of the universe we love you so much oh your presence is so wonderful even if i'm not mm-hmm. feeling it i'm not enjoying mm-hmm. it and you don't seem to be saying anything or doing anything i've got to go into my 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 my, my subtext my fine prints on all the ways in which you are present and active and blah blah blah, blah. you know basically mm-hmm. it's like um basically we're not willing to admit to God's silence and absence in church. And because we're not willing to do that, we are constantly schooling people into not being able to recognize and own God's silence and absence when God is silent and absent. Because it's incredibly important that God doesn't show up sometimes. And if we can't recognize when God isn't present, we can't reliably be speaking about when God does become present. And I think that's 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 again, when we take the emphasis of spiritual gifts and we take the emphasis of an order of service where there's ministry time and ministry time is the focus because we're trying to fix people you know that kind of the minute we do that we take that away we see the impoverishment of our intimacy with god
1: Hmm. so one of the things we could say potentially then a group setting would be that there would be a no bullshit policy around well just in general perhaps (laughs) around yeah, I guess who we are and who the other people are and our connection and God's presence or absence, et cetera. Right. Um, But also I want to say that there would be an agreement of a no performance kind of that thing. Right. And I think that for, for me, there's a sense of a couple of things going on there. And one of them, it ties into the no bullshit because the performance is always that, Oh, Oh my goodness! It was so amazing because it always has to be a great performance because that's what we're looking for that drives this thing forward. Every week has to be amazing to keep people tied into coming every week when it's amazing.
0: I, I've got to jump in here as a response quickly, just quickly. <laughs> in 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 South Africa, yeah, we've got this uh, we've got this restaurant chain. That's uh, it's a family restaurant called the Spur. S B U R and they've got this big thing where when someone has a birthday they get the loudspeakers involved you know and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 everyone comes up and and does this this like like really loud interrupting song right at the at the table and and it's 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 a highlight right so so i i was having um I was having a a drink and a meal with someone a, a short while ago and uh and every five minutes there was this like this huge fanfare as everyone got interrupted <laughs> because it was, it was one celebration after another. And there were youngsters there that were just taking the Mickey out of it because it, it I I don't think it was half their birthday, but they, they were, they were playing and milking into it. And I just got so irritated because it's the same fanfare, the same noise over and over and over just interrupting. I was just like, I oh, can, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, like it was, it was nice meeting someone here. It was nice to be nostalgic, <laughs> but there's other restaurants where, where I don't get interrupted like this, right? If we've got a gifts and a performance culture, that's what it, that's what the presence of God becomes like, because then it's always a, a, a fanfare and a performance around the spiritual gifts in this time with God and dramaticus, dramaticus, right? <laughs> That gets very tiring. And one of the reasons why it doesn't last is you can't sustain that energy and you can't sustain that enthusiasm, you know, um, because the 50th time you've done that same song and dance, like I can tell you it's on my nerves. Like, you know, it's like Christmas music coming around every year. It's just too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I reckon it's on the, and I think I've seen this from within a church system. It's on the nerves of the people who paid to sing the birthday song at that restaurant chain. I think they hate it and you see it and it's reported all the time from within church systems we hate feeding this machine that is just churning out no nutrients and we just keep we we're, we're just getting paid to sing the birthday song and it's meaningless and pointless and annoying and you know we're discarding our souls every time further and further every time we do it um but yeah, that, that perpetuation, right? That just like it's meaningless, but we just keep going and there's hype and there's all that sort of stuff. And part of what the performance thing excludes there for me is part of what I wanted to put my finger on. The barrier is it excludes the honesty, the real, the vulnerable, the, the, those sorts of tricky things. You, you're not allowed to be bored in a performance-driven culture of a church. You're not allowed to be confused because all of that gets in the way of the hype. You're not allowed to be quiet, unreachable. You're not allowed to be stoic. (laughs) You're not allowed to be questioning. You're not allowed to be moody, grumpy, off, angry. You always have to be super happy, super smiley, super driven, and achieving all the time. Super quiet time. Super prayer time. Super worship time. Super message. Super me. Super you. Super clothing. Super branding. Super coffee machines. Everything always has to be great, and that is not real. It's just not real. There are no human relationships that are deep and meaningful that are always super. It's it's just not real, and it's a direct barrier. I would imagine, and so that's one of the things that I would think you don't want that you then want the opposite of that which is if there is a birthday and it's enjoyable and people really do sing with great joy and enthusiasm then you want to suck every single nourishing you know minic- minuscule little drop out of that experience you want to be joyful and you want to be happy and there's people who are broken and miserable then you just want to be broken alongside them. and it's sad and you want to grieve. I see people are confused. You want to go, yeah, I get it. I'm also confused. I don't know what the fuck is going on half the time. There's <laughs> people who are bored. You go, yeah, even me. I'm bored shitless by this. Like, what the hell are we doing here? I'm standing around in a circle. I've done this week in and week out because sometimes relationships are boring. They are. And sometimes it feels like hard work that you don't want to do because relationships are hard work. They really, really are. And that's why I think the performance thing is easier in a way, although I think over the long term it absolutely sucks the life out of every single part of you. It's easier in a way because it has a sense of immediacy. It's, it's like the cheap sugar of relationships, but it's not, it's not real and i think that stuff really is a barrier and so if i think about the opposites then it's not always to prioritize the hype it's to prioritize what's real and if you're bored you can say i'm bored i mean waiting i've spent the the last few mornings waiting on god and honestly this morning i was bored <laughs> and my mind was wondering and I was sitting here thinking, why the hell is this floor so hard? And all of the formative stuff, no, not all of it, the unhelpful formative spirituality stuff that I've engaged with, would want me to pray that away, get rid of it, focus my eyes on Jesus, meditate on a passage. It's all about overcoming the borders. But actually, the boredom is a part of it. And in that boredom, I ask the question, are you here? Is this just me? I was I was saying to my wife the other day, we were talking about, we'd had some arguments about mindfulness, <laughs> which is really interesting to me. And she said, When you sit quietly, are you praying or are you being mindful, or is there a difference for you? And I said, No, as I've discerned over time, for me, when I'm sort of engaging in mindfulness it's because i'm aware it's just me and mindfulness is an internal practice for me and myself prayer is when i'm either looking for desiring the other presence or aware of and engaging with the other presence and those are different forms or states of being for me and in the boredom this morning i thought yeah i just think there's nothing going on and at the same time, within the mindfulness, I ask, well, maybe did I miss something? Am I missing something? And then I try to dial in my relational awareness and sort of, you know, do, 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 do like put my radar out and wonder, well, is there something that I'm missing? But I miss that if I just pray away the boredom. You know what I mean? Like the, those barriers, just I think that's, that I would say those get in the way of pursuing the relational thing and thinking then that must take a lot more when there's more than just one person in a room to stick to, okay, what if we're all bored? Like that's a lot of boredom, right? In a specific geographical location. A hundred people being bored feels like it's, there's a density there that's more than, you know, like a hundred people being bored is maybe like a 200 weight. <laughs> you know? And you just have to kind of go, okay, cool. It's like, perhaps we can be bored. Perhaps we can lean into that.
0: Anyway. If two people have connected really well together and there's good intimacy and then one person's not feeling it anymore and then three months later neither of them are feeling it they, they're they going to hopefully have some meaningful conversations around that i feel in the context of renewal ending we don't have those conversations with god we don't go i'm sorry i don't feel like i'm connecting with you meaningfully what's going on <laughs> and and we end up with an environment where it's not safe for all Atom, uh you know I'll, I'll own this for me because i i know how hard it is for, for other people to do it and that that often people don't do it so I, I know what it's like to be the individual stepping forward and going guys i think we're missing the boat we're not i don't feel like i'm intimately connecting with god yeah i don't think other people are too no it very quickly becomes oh god is always working <laughs> Uh, no, I feel like God is busy on WhatsApp and is not taking my calls. <laughs> this is a problem for me. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be a time where we connect, and and where both bodies are supposed to show up to each other. And I don't feel that God's showing up here. What's going on? You know, or I don't feel like we're showing up here with the desire for God. You know, like there's 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 conversations that can be had, that are very important to be had. And they can only emerge if we share an activity um, that we also know how to measure and evaluate together. And and couples going for dinner together and spending the time on their phone chatting to other people—you know how to evaluate that they're not connecting with each other. And and it's okay if they're doing that, and that's what they want to do. Like we we've, we 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 we've all done that. But if you go to if I go to dinner with someone and I want to have dinner with them and they're on their phone the whole time. Like I'm not going to be taking him to dinner again or going out again. Or I'm actually going to be addressing that and going, hey, what's what's going on? I came like, here to spend time with you. You're on your phone chatting to other people. Like, where are we at? What's what's going on with our relationship? And I think that's that that in the same way we can apply that to, to God. And the problem is that with the way we do church, we don't do that. In worship, everyone's very active and the worship team is very active. God doesn't have to be very active there as long as we're enjoying worship we can basically say yeah we've met with God same with the message you know we're listening might not be listening someone's preaching may or may not be good you know like whatever it is like yeah cool there's an activity happening right God's there strip those away suddenly we've got something very different you know, is God there well we can't say God isn't no, you know god is not there because god is always there when the preaching of the word happens or god is always there in worship no god isn't always there in worship you know not always there for the whole community even and not always there for individuals you know and it's very important that we can have that conversation and and that's
1: and those are two specifically other potential barriers i think that are put up and and I get serious pushback when I say to people, the music in your church, the worship can be a barrier. So can the preaching. In the same way, the date nights that are only ever a movie. Hey, we just went and watched a movie together. We had a great date night. So, yeah. And what did you learn about your partner? What tricky conversations did you have to navigate together about what shared life looks like together? Shared priorities shed goals shed consequences for actions or inactions whatever it might be like you, uh, paraphrasing somebody who I heard once say that when you can take a fireman to a movie they're full setter. like it's not going to change your experience all that much yes there's some nuance around you can turn to the person that you know and love and you share a knowing smile and an inside joke there are things like that yeah It is not the same as sitting face to face and having some of the conversations, some of the interactions that activities like that block. I've felt that I have had those experiences where one too many just, oh man, it's been a long day, kids, et cetera, et cetera. Let's just crash on the couch in front of a movie for an hour and then call it a day. You string too many of those together, you start to realize, oh, there's some stuff, missing between us here that's going on. And those are some of the barriers, I think, as well.
0: Yeah. But then there's also the thing you, you you spoke earlier about um um you know there's there's couples that only go for therapy when they're in disaster. That's like people going to church, quote unquote. And and the language is is often yeah but you don't you know you have to be going to church to be the church. To do church, that's how you know you're part of. Okay, so you have to be going to therapy to be to be in a relationship. That's (laughs) the logic that is being applied. And then and then on the flip side, yeah, yeah, you only go in crisis, okay, or you you go for for maintenance and health as well, right? Yeah, but you don't have to go to therapy to be in a relationship, right? It, It it can aid your relationship, but it doesn't supplant your relationship. Whereas the way we use the language of church means that people aren't really the church or aren't Christian unless they're going to church. It supplants that relationship. And I think that's that's the other thing is is we've we've got metrics for people being church members and present and active in church. We don't actually have intimacy metrics for people in a relationship with God. And that's why I say that that what we're missing is a relational spirituality we've got a formative spirituality, you know, Steve, are you, are you fasting? I mean, I I'm fasting, you know, it's, it's sometimes because I'm not earning enough money <laughs> and it's sometimes because I'm trying to hear from God, <laughs> and I, you, you know, but, but that's, that's, that's different. That's not the same as, as, as a genuine I- intimacy. Like I, I've been, I spent some time waiting on God today. And that just meant that I spent some time in profound discomfort and God didn't speak. God didn't show up. And I just sat with my discomfort of like, just, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm frustrated. Like I'm looking for you, but I can recognize that God wasn't present there to speak to me, but I, but I will recognize when God does. So, so sometimes it looks like I spent three months pursuing God like that without God speaking, but then on the whole, you know, as I look back, what some people speak of as a, as a benchmark experience, as a peak experience, you know, I, I I can have three or four of those a year because I'm constantly looking and pursuing a deep engagement with God and, and, and on other levels, like consistently bringing, you know, consistently making time to pursue God because I value God's presence. I don't only want to know about God and I don't only want to reform myself or, be mindful or reflective on my own experience my own attitude and behavior right i I do want to do that but i also want a depth of genuine intimacy and connection and i'm not happy to say i love god without actually loving god like that you know because for me love includes that deep intimate connection that's that's the quality of a deep intimate relationship it's not a friend zone and it's not a faith zone in that sense, or faith zoning of God, God, I love you, but out there, <laughs> you know, or, or or I hear from you, but I, only through the Bible. Those aren't direct personal intimate. There's value in them in the same way that when I've got a long distance relationship with someone, catching up in their life who's seeing photos on Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApping them and getting some news, like that's that, th- th- those are good. But then we speak by voice or we speak by video, and there's a different quality of connection. But then when we get together and connect face to face, and I can I spend that time together? There's, there's a difference in that connection, and I think that we don't have those markers in our faith, and we don't have those markers in the practice of doing church in relation to the presence of God. We've got this one size fits all, and that's uh, and that's the possibly maybe we don't know, but probably yes because. You know that's what our face. Is
1: mm, mm. yeah, I think. I mean, that reminds me a lot of kind of the, the the last thing that I that I thought might be helpful to contribute there is that it takes a sense of what I can only call right now until I find a better phrase, and there must be some sort of relational attunement to be able to recognize. Okay, I desire connection, and this is not connection. As opposed to, I've I've learned this. I mean, I've, yeah, this is um, this the language of the story I tell myself about myself, or the story I tell others about, you know, my relationship, or to even tell myself about my relationship, which is we go on date nights, we raise reasonable kids, we, you know. Are together around other friends, we are we have our own space and our shared space and whatever it is that somebody says to discuss to 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 tell the story of their relationship, but without some kind of relational attunement, and what I mean by that is 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 being able to be in tune with what relational depth is and isn't, what deep what deep connection is and isn't what it looks like what it feels like i don't know if it's possible to then say yeah i am out of connection with my partner with my friend with my god and it it requires i think that which i I guess i would i would hope or i would think that everyone has but then sometimes i'm just i'm honestly just completely dumbstruck i spend time with people and the story they tell me about themselves or about their relationship is they have great deep connection. Okay. Well, when's the last time you really spoke deeply with your partner? Oh, we don't need to do that. we just like watch movies and raise kids and financially contribute to a joint household (laughs) or like, but that's not relational connection. Yeah. We have a great, great relationship. And I think, no, I think it could be a lot more if you wanted, if you're willing to go in that way. And I think, with relational spirituality, I think it requires that you are individually and then, you know, in the sense that we're looking at tonight, then probably corporately, you have a real, uh, an attunement to what it is and isn't. And you know when it's in sync or out of sync or when it's happening or it's not happening. Um, and I think th- there has to be that sense that's obviously got, you know, building blocks of some of the things we've talked tonight and and probably other things. Um, that allows you basically to just go, mm, yeah, this is not it. You know, as you say, take somebody to dinner and they sit on their phone and then you go, oh, well, I'll just sit on my phone. And you both have a perfectly good evening on your phone, like on Facebook or whatever, and every now and then, ha, oh, check out this meme. And you go home telling the story, we had this great evening together. Well, you didn't. <laughs> a great evening with other people and your four thousand friends on facebook or instagram or watching some youtube videos or whatever and you were kind of in each other's presence but you weren't really connected and it takes it takes some kind of ability to tune into that and realize oh that isn't it and it's a bit vague for me as i'm thinking it through but it's the best i've got right now i have to think some more but There's something in being able to tell what it is and what it isn't. And I don't know if it's always honesty, because I wouldn't say that those people are, I don't think they're lying intentionally to themselves or others, you know what I mean? But there's something, there's something going on there.
0: It's important to have those down times. You can't just have Mm. intimacy all the time anyway. And, and I think, I think one of the criticisms that is often leveled when I talk this way is, is people mm. say, oh, well, that's what you're looking at. And I go, no, 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 that, that, that's not what I'm, what I'm looking at is that on the whole, we don't have a high value for intimacy with God and we don't practice it very much. And we've got no, we've, we don't have clear language on, on God being present and active and, and, and when it's on, when it's off, you know, and, um, and 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 is is that related to 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 us not being sensitive to it? Is it you know like like where, where does that stem from? And I think I think that's the, you know um, that's terrain perhaps to go into uh, in a bit more depth as well. But yeah, it's like this 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 is a difficult one because I I felt a while back when I voiced it that people got the same consistent response, whether they went to like a traditional church, traditional reform church, like you went to on Sunday, or they went to a charismatic or a Pentecostal church, or they came to a vineyard church or, you know, whichever church years ago, as I as I was uh, reaching people and directing them to churches, they they consistently experienced the same thing. And the consistent response was, was we don't chase phenomena or experience you know, doing church is what it is. And you have a relationship with God by faith. And, and that's, that's what led me to conclude that we've got a faith as relationship paradigm. We don't have a relationship as relationship or a relationship as presence paradigm. And, and it's difficult to capture that because we've got no quantifiable metrics. And that's, that's why I like the measurements of time. You know, if, if we value the sermon the most, we're going to give the most time to it. If we value the worship the most, we're going to give the most time to it. If we value God's presence and waiting on God and meeting with God, we're going to give the most time to it. But if we say that by worship and the message we are meeting with God, then then, then we've got no differentiation. We're not going to have any marker for for the distinctiveness of God's presence and activity. Um Yeah, and that's that's where it's easy to prioritize spiritual gifts because they were distinctive. So, oh, what does the distinctive look like? It looks like that. So let's push that. And I, I and I think no, we we've got to address this at the at the at the foundational level. The foundational level is the foundation of our values and the paradigm that we have. And and the doing church paradigm is about gathering people to preach to them. It's not about gathering people to enable them. To meet with god
1: i hear you i i i think the time one is really really helpful and I, th- I think in terms of quantity and quality and in terms of a lot of what we've spoken through tonight i think is is trying to point towards those two concepts because absolutely if if you give the most time that's that for me would be tick number one and how you give that most, you know, like you can just like grit your teeth and bear it for 37 minutes, you know. That <laughs> that's like the the longest time every Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's also the the quality of how you do that. And I think that's also something we've been chasing tonight in terms of like there's dates and there's dates, there's there's connection and connection. Um and I think for me, as, as the, I want to sort of think some more on those, those, those two ideas are quite helpful in terms of trying to chase down. So what could it look like? What is the quantity and the quality of the time that you're willing to give to this? Like, will you wait? And how will you wait? How long will you wait? And what posture will you take while you're waiting? Will you be honest? Will you show up? Will you be real? Will you be truthful? Will you be open? Will you be willing to feel foolish, perhaps even and be a fool? Um, will you be willing to risk? Will you be willing to try things in the hope? Will you be willing to hope? <laughs> and not vain hope, like, you know, well, let's just make something that's not real. I, th- I think you do have to hold out hope and relational connection. And it gives something for relationships to aim for. Um, and there's all those sorts of things, I think, that, that, that for me funnel into this idea of, okay, so what's the quantity of time that you're actually willing to give to this, because that's the acknowledgement of its importance and its priority. And how do you go about it? What's the quality? What's the quantity the, the quality there behind that, um, and then is it possible then to arrive at that in a way? Then conditions, I guess. So we've said what well, you've said for values, priorities, and that gives perhaps the practices.
0: It's some, something that you mentioned the other day as well. Is is the um, is that you'll you'll see a higher level of satisfaction in the context of worship when it's not just a worship team and a silent congregation. If it's the worship team and twenty percent of the congregation involved, that will be better better than zero, but not as good as if fifty percent is involved. And in an environment where the worship team is is possibly the quietest and and the people are out singing and out participating, uh, you know uh, the worship team. You've got a very different kind of experience of worship right? Um and it's it's the same. It's the same with with any of the activities. And and I feel like when you've got a dead congregation and you've got someone up front trying to punt a prophetic word or push ministry, <laughs> you've, you 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 don't have a healthy experience. But equally, if you've got the the, the people up front and they don't want to do it. You, you you're not going to have it as as a as a congregation so i think i think the the way it is structured and the way it is participated in does make a difference as well and that's where that that's where we've got to look at it as a holistic activity but uh but i think for now and the, in the sake of this conversation just using the simplest metric because because that's the thing is is if people want this and they want to do it as a community, you don't start with the idea of what does it look like for someone especially gifted in prophecy or healing to be doing this? How do you get there? You know, like if you haven't gone through that 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 journey with God to be in the place where God's going to trust you and you're going to operate like that, right? <laughs> you're not going to be doing it in a congregation. So, so, so if I've got a congregation and I've never done that, never been exposed to that, how safe am I to admit to my congregation that I've got a desire for the presence of God? I don't know what this means, but I want us to be giving time and space to this. Can we do this together? Can we share this journey together? I think that that is tremendously valuable, and I don't think that we've got enough of that. i i I, I would like to more specifically address um, where I feel um um vineyard ministry to perhaps not be the answer that we've generally punted it as being. Um but but you know I think I think I'd like to give time to that in in specific episode <laughs> rather than tacking that on yeah because, yeah yeah um because I feel that that that's very important and I I feel like I I, I really want to own a critique of 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 my most formative heritage because that's made a massive contribution to the broader church both in terms of theology and in the contribution of ministry time but i i I think that there's a contribution that we can build on and and i feel like relational spirituality builds off that immediacy of god's presence not of god's absence um, and I think that that's very important. And so to to take a look at to take a look at that and why I feel that that immediacy is important and and that and to to just honor and respect that, you know, um, because I think there again to value God's presence is to be excited when God is present. You know, it's to be excited about what God is doing and be excited to joining in. You know, like that's 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 part of it. And and I think classically we don't have language for that if we don't if we don't share that as a culture. You know, and so for a lot of churches, people people want that, but we don't actually know what we're looking for. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's like it's like being a te- te- teenager and n- not knowing how to kiss someone, not having the confidence to, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> not even having the confidence to ask someone out to go to ice cream with you or something. You know, it's like th- there are those layers, and we could understand that those layers, that those intimacy barriers between people, is also parallels intimacy issues between us and God.
1: I like that if I think about your, your previous comment around, which I, I hear an invitation to people to just go try, because I think it, it dials back from the expert status. This could only be achieved if you are, you know, 180 years in ministry with 300 years of study preceding that with 80 of those spent in the personal um you know, friendship circle circle of Jesus Christ in first century Palestine kind of thing. It's it's just, it's just so unattainable. But anybody who's ever kissed anybody else for the first time has just done that because there's a deep desire and has had to kind of ride out, go, well, that was an absolute black like, stuff up. Or it wasn't so bad. Or, hey, you want to try that again? or. And, and there is just a certain awkwardness barrier that you have to push through and go, well, I'll quote uh, Brian McLaren here, we make the road by walking it. Um, and there is a sense, I just hear that in your invitation, to be able to be brave and to be bold, but to be honest and go, this isn't it. So what would it be? And am I willing to, to say, hey, Can we try that? I would like to try that. Who would like to try that with me? But I I can't give you any promises because I can't fill in God's side of the equation. But I think I have longing and I think God has longing. And I think that's something worth pursuing in the same way that if you look at a couple who've been together for 50, 60 years and you're just starting out, it's, it's silly to try and go, well, we've got to get there. We've got to like jump. This is our first week of dating. Let's behave like we've been together for 60 years. So it's just ridiculous. You have to just start and try and experiment and put in the time and think about how you're doing it and just go for it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of a lot of people, many people that I, I speak to want to know how this works and wants to, want to be able to script it and you know, like understand how God's going to behave and all that kind of stuff. And all that to me highlights is that if we flip the trust mistrust quern for them, it's landing on mistrust, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and and how do they arrive at security? It's not by taking the risk of trusting God to draw near in person to speak and act. It's, it's, it's one thing, the certainty of the guidance of a professional who's been doing it for a while to tell them how to do it so that they can step up and be the professional. And, you know, I think... I think I think God is often <laughs> I'm gonna project here tremendously. Let's see if there's any lightning bolts. I think God is often like me sitting at the table with the 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 ministry church team doing the rah-rah candle birthday song and just going, I've just had enough of this. I'm out of I don't wanna be here. know and 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 i've joked i've joked with people in the past where i've I've, you know i've gone to church with jesus and he waited outside for me (laughs) (laughs) to to join him afterwards you know (laughs) (laughs) um but 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 i think i think taking the uh the the humor out of it and the 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 jab you know the jab with the humor out of it is is the other thing that it highlights is that uh, you know to to depart from the value of intimacy puts it in the realm of one's needs and desires rather than in the context of performance. And if we don't really want God, why are we there is a very important question to answer. And for some people, it's to meet people. For other people, it's to have a coffee. For others, it's because they love the, you know, they want to play in the worship team. You know, there's many different needs and, and none of those needs need to be exclusive. We can have all of those, Right. and 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 that's 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 the thing that i'm i'm not saying like like please like don't hear me for saying that those others aren't important i think in a in a holistic framework we're embracing all of that i'm just highlighting that this need and desire and want for god is often lacking and if it is there it remains unfulfilled because how do you know how to fulfill it you've got to keep telling yourself that it has been fulfilled and that's honestly just you know, faith is often just gaslighting, and gaslighting is abuse. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to we've got to think carefully about this um, and practically about it. And and honestly, the best place to start is just to say, if if we want in God to be present, we've got to make time to wait on God. And and you know, if we don't, and what comes up, what comes up might mean that we don't trust God and we don't want to do this. Okay. There's an important conversation for that, have. You know. Um, or it you know, we want but God seems to be absent and we're upset with God. Absolutely. We need to be expressing our frustration that we desire God and God often doesn't show up. Cool, let's have a let's have a meaningful conversation, sleep God wants to be part. Of that. You know, what we're doing there is we're opening up the reality of the relational journey in relation to God, and hence its relational spirituality, rather than faith as the relationship.